Good morning, everyone. Today we have Beth Lehman, a customer service manager, Heidi Braley, liquor licensing manager, and Caitlin Bamba, senior policy and education manager from the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board. We are going to discuss alcohol delivery, takeout, and outside of service. Um, and what you need to know before the final rulemaking is in place in January to stay compliant with the law. Um, before we get started, just some housekeeping. If you have a question, you can go ahead and type it in the Q&A at the bottom of your Zoom screen and we can get that answered on air. And we have another couple of uh, webinars coming up in the next couple of weeks. Next week at this time, we will have a representative from the Department of Fish and Wildlife to talk about uh, documentation you need for commercial fish that you sell in your restaurants on November 20th. It's a Monday at 2 p.m., which is an unusual time for us. We will have Seattle Police Department Chief Adrian Diaz on hand to talk about public safety tips for your restaurant, your employees, and your guests. And finally, on November 29th, we will have Sandip Soli here. He is an attorney and a member of our advisory network. And he's going to speak about pitfalls of entering into or extending a property lease. Um, if you have a, if you're a member of the Washington Hospitality Association, you are entitled to a 30-minute consultation with any one of the people on our advisory network. So go ahead and get in touch with your territory manager if you have a question for one of them. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and hand that over to Caitlin Heidley, Caitlin Heidi and Beth. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. As um, as it was already pointed out, we are here to talk about the Senate Bill 5448. My name is Beth Lehman. I am with the Liquor and Cannabis Board's Licensing Division, as well as my other cohorts here today, which I will let them introduce themselves. Heidi? Hi, I'm Heidi Braley. I'm the Liquor Licensing Manager. Caitlin? Good morning, Caitlin Bamba, the Senior Policy and Education Manager in the Licensing Division as well. Happy to be here. Good to be here. So we'll be going over some of the changes to the temporary allowances from Senate Bill 5448, um, which has extended some of the allowances until July 2025. It's also removed or updated other allowances. We'll discuss a bit more in detail in the next few slides. Today we're going to cover what the bill's changed and we will talk about rulemaking a little bit later. Some of the license types below have been affected by the bill. If the licensees currently hold an endorsement with these changes, they don't need to reapply, but there are some updates they need to be aware of. These license types are primarily on-premises consumption licensees. So the restaurants, the taverns, the snack bars, et cetera. Next slide. Some of the uh, changes to the to-go endorsements include takeout and delivery for manufactured sealed containers, pre-mixed cocktails, wine-to-go, tamper-resistant containers, and growlers for takeout or delivery. Um, curbside pickup and sales of cocktail kits with spirits and mini bottles for takeout or delivery is no longer allowed. If you're a spirits beer wine restaurant, you may not sell any manufacturer sealed spirits to go, and that would include any size of spirits in bottles or the mini bottles in the kits. Um, so next slide. 
Some of the delivery changes has been extended until July 2025. Third-party delivery is now prohibited, and this would include unlicensed companies. All delivery of alcohol must be done by an employee of the licensee. The employee delivering the order must have a mandatory alcohol server training permit, and these deliveries must be accompanied with a meal if the licensee has a menu requirement. So for instance, beer wine restaurants or spirits beer wine restaurants with menu requirements. And now for Beth. Okay, so we're gonna talk about what's becoming permanent. What's becoming permanent with this bill is to go alcohol in manufactured sealed products that is a to go alcohol. So we're talking um, uh, beer and wine in uh, manufactured sealed bottles. Uh, Pre-mixed wine and cocktails in the tamper-resistant containers, which you should all be familiar with from um, 1480 and during the pandemic, we're continuing to allow that. And then wine by the glass also in tamper-resistant containers. Um, all on-premise on licensees with menu requirements who offer alcohol to go must sell with the meal. I think Heidi already went over that, but um, talk about that again. And uh, that means that our on-premise licensees who have snack bars or, or um, other licensees that don't have a menu requirement when you apply for your license, then you do not have to serve that with a meal. Um, and then licensees who are authorized to sell growlers for um, on-premise or off-premise consumption are also able to sell them um, with, they're also allowed to do takeout and delivery of these with the new growler endorsement. You have to make sure that you have that growler endorsement and that you're not using, um, you're not selling growlers with the takeout endorsement. Instead, you make sure that you have to have that growler endorsement. This is the sign that you should all have up at your locations if you are allowing um, to go um, alcohol and you're having to go sales. You must have this posted somewhere where the public can see. So we have these um, signs available to, for you to print on our website under our enforcement tab. If you're unable to print them, um, you can reach out to our enforcement division and they should be able to send you a copy as well. And then along with um, the to-go alcohol and the endorsements with 1480 and House Bill 55448 um, came outside service and some changes with that. Um, those temporary things that we allowed, a lot of them are becoming permanent now. Um, things like uh, Space, sharing spaces. I'll start with sharing spaces between retail licensees and non-retail licensees. And I mean that separate. So if you have two restaurants that are right up against each other, say in a strip mall, you have outside areas out back that touch each other and the premises touch each other, you'll be able to, you will um, be able to apply to share that outdoor space and not to have to have any barriers in between it. Um, Non-retail can do the same too. We don't allow retail with non-retail, but non two wineries could do it together, two restaurants could do it together. 
And then some of the other stuff that became um, permanent is uh, the outside seatings do not have to be contiguous with the building anymore. It used to be that you had to walk out of your premises and onto a patio um, that was that either had barriers that led you out to that patio or it went directly out from your restaurant. Now, as long as the outside area is on the same parcel that um, your business is licensed on, then um, it should be able to be approvable. Of course, we have to see and approve all outside areas. Um, we do still require that there's barriers around the, that area, especially if you're doing this on a different um, spot on your same parcel as your restaurant, unless it's a sidewalk cafe and you meet those requirements from having a permit from the city and, and that area must be contiguous to the building. If you're applying for a sidewalk cafe and that sidewalk cafe gives you the ability to not have 42 inch barriers, you can use demarcation. And then I think it's Caitlin's turn. Thank you, Beth. So our agency is currently working on rules to implement this bill. Rulemaking efforts started in July, and we also had held stakeholder engagement sessions in October. However, it's not too late to provide input. Um, you're able to review the draft rules and information related to this rulemaking project on our public website. And I will say that these rules are evolving, they're subject to change, they're not finalized. So they're just really in the draft phase at this point. The next step uh, will be filing the proposed rules for the board, the CR 102. You'll have an opportunity and there's a couple ways that you can provide comment or get involved in the rulemaking process. You can provide written comments during this time. You can also attend a public hearing during the board meeting. You're able to provide comments on the proposed rules either in person or virtually. We'll be reviewing all of the comments before finalizing the rules. So we encourage you all to take a look at the rules, provide feedback and ask questions if you have them. Next, we wanted to share a few resources that are available on our website. Uh, we'll make sure that you have a copy of this presentation. Uh, we've provided direct links here to these um, places on our website about the temporary endorsements, uh, alcohol delivery and takeout best practices, outdoor service requirements, and the, the website will really go over and say, uh, tell you what the difference is between um, operating on public or private property, um, also provided links to the rulemaking page. And lastly on here, sign up for our email updates if you have not. It's very easy to do. You can just click this link here, select the specific topics that you're interested in receiving emails about. And this includes rulemaking notification or other agency updates. It's a great way to receive information about what's going on in our agency that may impact your business. So I think that concludes with what we have as a presentation, but we're more than happy to take some questions. I do have a question. Um, is outside seating still allowed in city approved spaces, utilizing parking space in front of the business with the license? I'm not sure what city this is, but. 
So if the city if the city approves it, then the liquor board will take a look at it to approve it. We do require that if you're doing a parklet or a streetlet that you are you have barriers still. Demarcation won't be allowed for those spots, but we do allow them still with with barriers. Okay. And what's the what's the process like for the rulemaking on this that um, you're taking? You, that you're going through right now for Senate Bill 5448. So um, in addition to what I shared about the rulemaking process, or you give a specific question? Um, I think uh, just in general. So, um, well, the way the rulemaking process works is first, um, when the law or bill is passed, the agency files a CR 101. And that's really where we're at right now. And that's just saying, hey, we're going to start rulemaking. We'll do engagement sessions um, to get an idea of what type of feedback is out there and questions. After that, um, we'll file the CR 102. And those are the proposed rules. And that's um, what we'll be doing next, hopefully in the next month or so. It's a tentative timeline. Um, and then folks have a minimum of 35 days to provide written comments on the rules. Um, you can check our website to find updates about um, those timelines and deadlines and how to submit comment. We'll also hold a public board meeting so that um, folks can provide comments on the rules. And then if there's no major changes after the CR 102 is filed, then we move forward to rule adoption and that has to be approved by the board. Um, and that's the CR 103. And um, after that, it's typically 31 days until the rules go into effect. So that's sort of what the timeline looks like. If a guest eats at, a, at the restaurant and takes leftovers home, can they order a, a cocktail to go? I would say that they could um, if they have uh, some of the meal to go with them. That's a good question. Might take a little bit more uh, thought on. Um, would it be possible to get a clearer definition of what in what is the bar for a meal to be served with a to-go to alcoholic beverage in a tamper-proof container? What, do, what defines a meal? So a meal would be what you would order for dinner. So an entree, if you choose to order a side, a side, that, that's typically with the Spears Beer Wine Restaurant, uh, what the definition of a meal for a Spears Beer Wine Restaurant would be what you would order to go with, me, uh, with the cocktail. The same for the restaurant. We still have a little bit of time left if you want to ask, ask questions down in the Q&A portion of your screen. Um, do any of you have any la last thoughts about this topic that you'd like to share? No, I would just encourage people to call us directly, call the Liquor and Cannabis Board if you have any questions about the new rules or the endorsements or outside seating or, you know, any of that. Just, you know, don't guess. Call us. We do have another question that came in. 
uh, is it legal for staff to buy your own or bring your own booze after hours to a staff party that is still before 2 a.m.? The business will be closed and the till will be closed. So no restaurants, no restaurant alcohol will be at, we off limits. You know, I would probably refer that question more to enforcement because we do have rules. Number one, about employees drinking. Um, number two, you know, are you open to the public at that time? I'm assuming no, but how do we know that you're not open to the public? You can't lock your doors as long as alcohol is being served. So I would definitely reach out to your local enforcement, liquor enforcement officer to get a, to get an answer on that. Okay. The rules specify using 1.5 ounces of spirits max in a to-go cocktail. What would apply to ingredients that have lower ABV than a traditional spirit for vermouth or sherry, et cetera? Heidi, that's you. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. That's a really good question. Um, I, I would have to research that and get back. Okay. Um, could you explain the difference in the to-go alcohol that is allowed and the curbside pickup that's not being allowed? Do you mean someone can order in and take alcohol to go, but someone cannot call in and order alcohol for curbside pickup with their meal? Correct. That is. That so they is, have to come in. They have to come in. Um, there's a restaurant that has a retail cooler for beer and wine. Are you saying that for someone would need to buy food to purchase cans or bottles? Yes. If it's a restaurant with the alcohol to go, it would need to go with the meal. Okay. And just to clarify, if the restaurant had an endorsement for to-go cocktails during the pandemic, there's no need to reapply. Correct. Okay. All right. Give it, here we go. Um, if a guest orders a meal and finishes the meal in the restaurant, can they order to-go cocktail or they need food to go as well? The statute requires that they purchase the alcohol, the cocktail to go with the meal. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for taking the time to explain this to us and making sure that everybody's clear on the rules and regulations surrounding this. Um. For everybody in the audience, we will have this up on our website later on today, along with their presentation slides and a way to contact them if they have, if you have any questions. So with that, thank you all so much and have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thank you. Mm -hmm.